0: Alright everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the second episode of the Questioning Marks Podcast, man. It is the Falls Count Anywhere Battle Royale Podcast, where we are going to just be talking about wrestling week in, week out. We're going to be discussing all backstage news, that comes to WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan, whatever we could get out there. So, just want to say, my name is Matt, I'm one of your... Co host. I'm joined with another two awesome co hosts here, Jared and Adam. All right. From last week as well. You know, we're going to be coming in weekly on Sundays and just to let you guys know if anything, uh, you know, happens during the week or after a major pay per view, uh, we may get another episode out there. So, uh, you know, during the week. So just to let you guys know you may be hearing from us a little more often. We also have uh, this is our new email address right so we want to encourage our fans out there the people listening to send us questions to send us comments you know even critique us if you want uh our new email is going to be the questioning marks at gmail.com please send us anything that you want to uh talk about maybe uh you have some comments or maybe some topics that you want us to discuss or debate about as well so without further ado all right let's get into it guys Alright, so we have a lot of things to discuss with WWE, big week in AEW, uh, Impact tying into AEW more often now, so we have a lot of stuff to discuss with that, right? Uh, I'm going to try to get you marks out there to get more into that independent scene as well towards the end of the show as I normally do, right? So uh, let's bring in Jared, our WWE representative I am very sorry that he has to watch these shows week in and week out, but it's just what he has to do for us here. All right, guys? Somebody has to do the dirty work. So, Jared, take it away.
1: Thanks, Matt. Although I don't agree with, uh, you know, your stance on WWE.
0: <laughs> I, will, uh,
2: I will gladly take Bring
0: over Bring me back it. in, man. Bring me back in. You know, I'm Roman Reigns is doing try- it. Roman Reigns is trying- doing it, so we'll see. I've been trying for
1: a couple of years to get you, but I... Uh, <laughs> I think I'm closing in, but it's it's not it hasn't been easy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome back, Questioning Marks. I'm glad to be back for another week. Um, so as you all know, quickly, I'm just going to start with you know WrestleMania. The next three years have been announced. WrestleMania 37 uh, this year, which will be April 10th and April 11th, two nights again. Uh, they are planning to have fans of at some capacity. Not sure, you know, how many, but you know, hopefully that'll be. Uh, nice to see fans back as AEW has some and it's uh, I enjoy seeing them um, Wrestlemania 38 next year Dallas 4 3 which will be in Jerry's World which is an awesome stadium as us football fans know and Wrestlemania 39 April 2nd uh, 2023 in SoFi Stadium in LA which is another beautiful place um, so hopefully we'll be back, in, uh, back to normal and Wrestlemania will be back to the greatest spectacle of them all um basically i'm going to start with uh raw this week i thought it was okay you know (laughs) there were three people who basically carried the show um the usual suspects orton alexa bliss and one uh one sort of uh old comer who's coming back to the scene triple h so orton and triple h uh Had a little feud to start Raw. Orton interrupted Triple H, um, who was in the ring. And basically, Orton was supposed to face McIntyre, who tested positive for COVID. And Triple H came out to talk, you know, to the WWE Universe. Orton, who has his legend killer, you know, motto going lately, which is absolutely one of the greatest uh, storylines in wrestling. And he came out. You know, to interrupt Triple H, who is honestly now a legend. You know, the guy is in the office, and he doesn't wrestle anymore. Maybe once a year, you know, WrestleMania, maybe twice a year in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. He's in his guy's dudes, man. Legend, and <laughs> it just tied into everything Orton's been doing. Yeah. Um I'll tell you, the promo brought me back to the days where, you, Matt, where you and Adam watched um, yeah. WWE. Which which made us fall in love with wrestling.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, bringing me back to those times, uh, you know, even like the Legend Killer, you're bringing me back to to when like he was taking down guys like you know Mick Foley and uh, you know all that type of stuff, and it made me absolutely hate hate him at that time, just because I was such a mark uh, during that time as well. But looking back at it, it's just uh, I I have to do agree that it is one of the greatest gimmicks I think in uh, you know WWE for sure.
1: And you know, for people like us. It, it, this uh you know, this promo brought me back to their evolution days. These guys have a ton of history. You know, yeah. Orton. Orton is exactly who they thought he was going to be. He is, you know, one of the best wrestlers of all time. He was a prodigy when he came in. You're talking over twenty
0: you know, years of uh, wrestling history, and it's really it's really yeah. making me feel old at this point because uh you know just to think about that type of you know dynamics that you know to anybody out there who's a new fan or anything like that, you know. Uh, if you think WWE is good now, you know, and you haven't been able to watch or experience anything like that, you know, highly suggest going back and following those storylines and, you know, the best See, you that's, can.
1: That's what's great about the WWE network that, you know, that's what, the network is what keeps WWE. You that's know, why on, I have like, it. On, mm-hmm. on that top of that mountain, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the newer fans can go back and watch the old days. And then it really makes things tie in. And you sort of understand like... Um, a lot of things are recycled, you know. They they've been used before, just you know, altered slightly for the, for this person's character or whatever. But it just, it, it, you know, the old school stuff definitely makes you appreciate um, how wrestling's evolved now and how The Rock really changed wrestling. Honestly, but that's for, that's for another day. Um, it has evolved so,
0: into you know, not the greatest, but well leave that up for another yeah, time for the well, debate The,
1: rock, the rock change it from in, an in-ring sport to a a spectacle, a spectacle yeah. full of promos and mic skills and that's that's what separates you know fans like matt and fans like me mm-hmm. um well, so anyway so at the end of this promo You know, they agreed to fight after, you know, jabs back and forth. Triple H tried to get out of the match several times, but, you know, he insulted Stephanie, he insulted Triple H, and long story short, they agreed to a match at the end of Raw. So I'll tell you, the Raw ending was just – I know I probably said this last week, but each week when they include Orton and Bliss or Orton and the Fiend, it's just – so incredible i feel like orton's at the top of his game you know now this late in his career uh he's one of the best heels in wrestling he does one of he's one of the best on the mic and i'll tell you alexa bliss fits perfectly in this role she's another one with great mic skills and she fits perfectly with the fiend who's you know been burned to whatever
0: Well, so I, I, I do want to say that The Fiend is, is one of those uh, characters also that reminds me of an Attitude Era-esque, you know, wrestler. You know, that type of character, the man, you know, it brings me back to that, having that mankind feel. I have to just bring about, you know, Mick Foley. I'm one of the biggest marks for him, so I, I, you know, I may be biased there. But just seeing that character and evolving there, I just, I feel like they could have done so much more with him still. But, you know, I hope, I hope for, you know, some... You know, way he does come back. You know.
2: Oh, quick question for you, Jared. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead, Adam. I'm just curious on the Alexa Bliss character in terms of the formation, and the development of, of her character, and partnering. With, you know, with Bray, and you know, the hair, the whole attitude. Is that? Do you see it as kind of a Harley Quinn type of a thing? <laughs> is that? Is that what they were going for? Can you maybe speak to like? Is, is there some kind of like cartoon I, element to it? I no. definitely see that. And I think she's
1: maybe one of the only ones who could, you know, pull this off. I mean, I think you hit that on the head, Adam. Um, she she's gonna be she's gonna she might turn into a bigger monster than he is, honestly. Mm-hmm. And who knows where that where that takes it? Um, so I, I I love that you put, you tied that in, and I think you really hit that one on the head. Um, so as far as the ending of Raw goes, guys, um, basically. Th- Orton and Triple H went back for two or three minutes. I mean, we know Triple H hasn't been in the ring in a while, and it wasn't going to be one of these long, you know, matches or whatever. You know, two or three minutes, and, you know, Triple H goes to get the sledgehammer, honestly. He walks up the stairs very slowly, and when he gets to the third step, he the lights start going out, like, you know, like like it does when Bray or Alexa Bliss show up. So, The Fiend, rather. Sorry, I keep calling him Bray. Um, so... The lights finally all go out. Triple H is standing in the ring by the corner with the sledgehammer and the top of the sledgehammer is on fire. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is in the other turn, you know, in the other corner by the turnbuckle, and Orton's in the middle of the ring standing. <laughs> so Triple H gets out of the ring and leaves, and <laughs> Alexa Bliss and Orton are staring at each other, and she shoots a fireball from her hand into his eyes. He rolls around the ring, and that's how Raw ends.
0: I, I, mean, I mean, that that that's got it. <laughs> it sounds it sounds pretty awesome, man. It does it does I sound mean, pretty entertaining. You, you guys know. really have
1: to like watch this because to me, yeah. AEW's is not capable of this. Uh, Ring of Honor is not capable of this. New Japan's not capable of this. And listen, people may laugh at me for saying that, and I know they're they're just on different scales. But WWE, this is the capability they have, and I know it's frustrating because they rarely use the capability that they have with all the talent that they have. Because, but I feel like with with the Fiend, with Orton, with McIntyre, with you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, the list goes on. You got Rollins, you got AJ Styles. Uh, yeah. Roman, I just feel with those guys we just yeah. named, they
1: are they're really hitting a home run right now. I mean, Matt's been a great champion through the pandemic transition. He, you know, the title hasn't missed a beat. And I'll tell you, Roman, Roman, they finally hit a home run with
0: Roman. Yeah, I mean, governing uh, I guess going into SmackDown, you know, that's pretty much uh, where we're at, right? In terms of just think about the th- just think Roman. about the three
1: guys we just named, Roman. McIntyre and Orton just think about what any of those three guys would mean to any other promotion. I mean, just think about what they mean to WWE let alone to another promotion. These guys are just unbelievable. And they, the WWE finally, finally, finally has gotten their storylines and characters right in my opinion. And just think about all the guys that they don't have right now. Strowman hasn't been on TV in, a, in, in several weeks. Rollins has been gone I mean these are I mean those are just two guys right off Finn Balor's on uh NXT I mean think about all the talent they have it's it's,
0: it's pretty remarkable it really is you know but uh still you know sometimes I I always do feel that too much talent too many cooks in the kitchen you know can lead to you know sometimes a stale uh storylines stale wrestling uh but I do have to agree that it seems like WWE's starting to turn a corner, even in my eyes, as as, as a person who's not as markish, right? <laughs> on on uh WWE. So uh now uh you know, Raw sounds pretty entertaining. Uh Jared, is there anything that you could uh discuss with us about uh Smackdown? I know I know that's Roman Reigns territory, so I'm sure uh Listen, there's something going it's, on.
1: It's all Roman from here right now, honestly, and I'll tell you, like I just said previously a minute ago, the guy is on fire right now. The combination of him, Heyman, and Jey Uso, who Roman has elevated, and now Apollo Crew seems to be in the fold all of a sudden. Um, They have this show hosted by Kayla Braxton after each Raw and SmackDown, you know, after the bell, and she basically had Apollo on and Heyman, and Heyman broke him down. You know, said, you, you know, you got to be more selfish and, you know, you got to, you know, want it for yourself and stuff like that. He broke him down, said, you know, you got to be better, this and that. And they showed on SmackDown on Friday that Roman was Roman was hanging with Apollo the entire time. And now he's going to be challenging Big E for the Intercontinental title again. Um, so we'll see. It could be another dynamic to this uh, head of the table, you know, stable or what whatnot um I think it's it's been flawless as of late um basically smackdown started with Roman uh being presented a contract from, from Pierce given to heyman given to Roman and it was a regular match and Roman kept telling heyman I don't want a regular match so heyman goes back to pierce and get to no disqualification match roman tells um hayman that he wants a last man standing match so hayman <laughs> goes back to pierce tells him he wants the last man standing match and that he's going to sign it in the middle of the ring with all of them there okay so also Jey Uso was fighting Uso was fighting and he lost to shinsuke nakamura okay so there was a close count uh where he had nakamura down and it was like a two and a half count and he claims that nakamura's shoulders were down and the referee charles robinson who was originally started with wcw has been with wwe for the last however many years He's now involved in this Roman storyline. You see Jey Uso's talking to him in the, the back and says, Charles, you better do your job. Uh, otherwise, Roman's going to get you fired. So this is great now. How's Charles Robinson going to help these guys? This is – it's just – I love this. This is so great. It's almost like uh, th- there was a, there was WCW referee who was involved in the NWO for a while. So I, I like shit like that. I, I, I think it's great. Um just the way that they're adding Apollo and Charles, you know, Charles Robinson, they're making Apollo, you know, a name again by being a part of this. They've elevated Jay Uso. It's just the storyline is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it so sounds it okay. sounds like a really good way to get these like mid-card guys uh who were I guess, you know, designated almost mid-carders up, you know, elevate a little bit into the eyes of, you know, all the fans around there. So tying tying them into this type of storyline definitely seems uh like a very smart move on the riders behalf, you know? So, kudos to them, then.
1: Right, so basically, I'll I'll make it quick, you know, since I'm only talking about this. The end of the show, you know, Roman and crew come down uh, and Pierce comes down and he makes Pierce switch chairs because he liked Pierce's chair better, okay? Then, he moves the chair to the head of the table and Pierce sits on the side of the table. Then, Roman gets up and... roman uso roman and uso circle pierce like sharks so roman roman signs pierce signs he jumps out of the ring and three quarters on the way up the ramp he starts limping and grabbing his knee now listen i called this last week how are they gonna get him out of this what bullshit are they gonna do all right and he goes (laughs) any contract or any wrestling card the card is always subject to change He goes, you know, sometimes an old injury sneaks up on you at the worst time. And listen, they set themselves up for like a big return there, a huge return. Like imagine Rollins comes out and is fighting, you know, an ex-SHIELD member or I don't know. I don't have any, you know, that was the first person I thought. Or even somebody like Braun or Lesnar or somebody. They bring out Kevin Owens. (laughs)
2: Listen,
1: I love KO. KO is great. I think he deserves to be a heavyweight champion, you know, an intercontinental champion for sure. But I've seen this for the last two months: Owens versus Uso and Reigns, and I just think they had a huge opportunity there to bring out somebody who we haven't seen in a while, and I think they blew it. I really think they blew it. It's not believe just like Darby beating Sting is Darby beating Cage isn't believable. This isn't believable. Owens isn't beating Reigns, you know, just not this early into this great storyline. You know, Uso hasn't turned yet. You know, Heyman hasn't turned yet. It's just, it's not believable for any smart mark wrestling fan, whatever you want to call us, you know, Mm -hmm. great passionate fans. Um, And that's where I have a problem with WWE. I thought what we also, I thought what we spoke about prior was great. Orton HHH, I thought that was great. And I thought everything up to that point with Roman was unbelievable.
0: I'm what? I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a bump in the road, and they'll figure out. You know, probably it'll it'll get past it. You know, at some point, it's it is confusing why they just keep using Kevin Owens in, in, in that way. Because I have been following the SmackDown uh storylines a little bit closer, but um I do have to say I I, I love uh, to see I love to see Kevin Owens uh wrestle just because he he's like my independent wrestling uh representative in uh WWE in terms of uh, following him through the Ring of Honor and just seeing him in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and you know all those types of promotions out there. Uh, but Jared, I have to say thank you very much, man. That was a very thorough uh, rundown, man, of you know, two of the biggest, probably, TV stapled promotions uh, for wrestling out there, right? So WWE, you got your Roy, you got your SmackDown, right? Uh, we will start talking a little bit more about NXT Land uh, in the coming uh, episode. So uh, we will definitely jump onto that because that's definitely uh, what I feel is the uh, better promotion in terms of in-ring wrestling style. Uh, maybe not, definitely not storyline-wise, but even though they're, they're pretty up there, I think. But uh, we want to get into, right, Adam, our AEW representative here, even though we are all pretty much marking out for AEW right now. Uh, so, uh, we want to, you know, just jump into that. What's going on in AEW. There's a lot of news going on, a lot of wrestling, a lot of inter-promotional jams going on, as we should say, right? Uh, a lot of groovy stuff going on there. So, uh, let's get into it, my man.
2: Thanks, Matt. And thanks, Jared, for another great WWE update. I really appreciate being on with you guys. Um, as Matt said, we had a pretty jam-packed, uh, dynamite episode this past wednesday the uh second day day two of the new year's eve smash of course uh delayed a little bit because of the passing of Birdie lee so um, got pushed out by a week but even still had a lot to offer our AEW fans uh kicked off the show with a singles match between pack and eddie kingston of course um those two and the factions that they're currently leading, uh, PAC with uh, the Lucha Brothers and Kingston with the Butcher and the Blade. That um, triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So there's, uh, you know, been some discord there between the two groups, and so uh, settling it in the ring and a singles match between Pack and Kingston. Um, I actually, you know, for, for Pack having returned now, uh, you know, doing with being away because of the pandemic and, and, and bringing him back in this fashion uh it, you know picking up leading the, the his leadership of the of the um the triangle I mean I think that that's that that's great the match itself in terms of him going up against Kingston I wonder if that's a misuse of his talent in terms of just how he can go I mean he can flat out go in, in his black arrow finisher uh just just the shape that he's in um, for those of you that are WWE marks, you might remember him as Neville in WWE. Um, I, I think that it might be a misuse of his talent to put him into this feud, as opposed to other you know, uh, feuds that he could have. I think that maybe that's uh, setting things up down the road. Uh, but all that being said, even still, uh, one of the things I do like about Eddie Kingston and why I thought uh, uh, parts of this match actually did work is that despite his lack of technical wrestling prowess, what he does bring, obviously, is he's great on the mic. And in the ring, he does have a lot of that heel uh, stuff, if you want to lack of a better word, that he, that he <laughs> brings in the ring. Um, you know, you had some slaps and chops for those. Oh, man, they ones. were they yeah. were brutal. <laughs> yeah, there are some brutal, legit slaps and chops in the match, which again... Yeah. Uh, when
0: people say wrestling is fake, I'm like, you know, even though the chop isn't a finishing move, like, I legit would understand if someone had a chop that was a finishing move because... <laughs> Uh, you know, you see these guys, chest just getting ripped open and bruised, and you're just like, "What the hell?" You know? <laughs> it's just wild. And
2: and, and another uh, in another sense, uh, just just quickly wrapping up this match and and why what I think also kind of brings some legitimacy to to Kingston and, and his value to AEW is his story. Um, for those that have followed the indies and and noah mitty Kingston. then um he was all set to quit the business uh before he signed with the aw um as someone who's who's dealt with the mental health issues and depression and he's been pretty open about that um uh if you i think that that element to his story and what he's gone through and his struggles again even though he's not your your you know greatest technical wrestler in the ring uh, him being signed to AEW, I think, was a was a real big pickup because of what he brings to the, on the mic. Yeah, and I mean,
0: so uh, his <laughs> yeah, his his promo skills, I think, blows out any anybody almost in 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 any promotion right now. Just uh, uh, not to say that he's he's the best promo guy in the business, but he he can he very well can be honestly because he he just knows how to deliver. He brings uh, tenacity with his mic skills. And you can see even with the Brody Lee, uh, you know, pep talk he gave on on the uh, what was it there uh, YouTube being uh, being a lead episode. You know, they showed his pep talk and in, in the backstage that he gave to the that he gave to the whole entire crew and the roster. And it was uh, I was like, Jesus man, this, this you know this guy's like you know the real deal, bro. Like he he could easily be a promo coach if he can't wrestle. You know, like they could just use him to just teach like these kids had to absolutely crush it on the mic, you know, and that's a great value for AEW for sure. So I definitely agree with you, Adam.
1: I think he definitely, I think his mic skills uh, definitely belong in WWE. <laughs> and I think he'd be a much better <clears throat> fit there because he wouldn't need to wrestle in the ring as long as he did the other night. And like Adam said, it's a misuse of ne- of Neville, look I'm calling him. It's a misuse of Pac <laughs> yeah. and... I just feel like Pac's whole career has been mis- a misuse, honestly. He's just... The I bastard! Know. I know he beat Omega. I
0: know. It's just... I don't know. Listen, I, 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 I definitely agree with you there. there. There was parts of Pac's career where he just came off very arrogant. I know that there were times where he wrestled uh, Hangman Page in, in indie promotions, and they've had to have draws because they couldn't come to like an agreement on finishes and... And things like that and and it's just like he has a very uh one-sided way of, of looking at things but i think it came it's coming a little bit more loose in in uh, AEW, I guess but i think he's 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 also starting to revel in in mid-card land in uh, AEW too so i don't know what's going on there
1: well well that's a step up mid-card from where he was in wwe on 205 live but um <laughs> i just like you said i just think he's he's too stubborn and he won't put anybody else over and i could see i could see adam page being very similar because i don't know his direction is lost too so
0: well, well go ahead. we, we may back to differ i think adam's going to you know bring us up to that speed because i know that we got some uh, definitely some uh, news there so take it away yeah, my well, bro we'll,
2: well so well yeah we'll definitely get to hangman in a second uh, on on the subject of potentially misusing talent, uh, you know, a couple of other uh, events that happen on, on this, this week's Dynamite um, that I think are, are good for conversation, just because I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Uh, another guy, um, probably still in his prime, uh, was really, had a, had a significant run in WWE, is Miro, formerly known as Rusev uh, in WWE, and his uh, singles match was against Chuck Taylor, of the best friends, the stipulation being that if Chuck Taylor loses the match, he becomes Miro's young boy uh, or butler. Uh, Of course, they're working this whole angle with Miro as Quote the best man for uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford's upcoming wedding. <laughs> again, I, I look at I look at this guy and I look at the booking. I'm like, there's he, a guy. I mean, not as massive in terms of size as he was in, uh, in WWE. Of course, he, he went through some I think shoulder and and other uh, related uh, injuries and surgeries. But I think again, the, the, this angle takes away from his credibility as a tough guy. Um, I get the uh, importance of humor and inserting humor uh, into wrestling and the entertainment value. But um, I, I really – I'm curious to hear what you guys think because I think that he could have been booked – his, his um, debut in, uh, in AEW could have been booked much better. You've got uh, a number of big guys or top dogs uh, in, uh, in AEW that would make for some interesting uh, almost heavyweight type match. Yeah,
0: I mean uh, I, I definitely I, think they should have just threw him right into the heavyweight – like talk, you know, they shouldn't have threw him into a Kip Savian, you know, bullshit storyline with all this wedding, best man, blah, game, blah blah blah.
1: Video game storyline, uh, a storyline based around a video
0: game. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it wasn't the way. I don't know what Tony Khan thinks. I even when they put Tony Khan on camera, just to segue one second, like he's smiling. He just looks like blankly staring, like he's just in fairy tale land, and this is what like he wants to do, but. Uh, yeah, I definitely think, Adam, that uh, he should have just been thrown right into the heavyweight mix, and it would have been, I think, just a bigger impact, um, but, you know, who knows how many egos they have back there right now, you know, they, you know, have Cody Rhodes and all these guys and that want to probably be on, on top also, so who, who the hell knows, but... I, I mean, hmm. I'll
1: be honest, I think... Uh like you guys said I think it's 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 been horrible his run has been absolutely horrible he should have been at least thrown into the TNT title picture or like Matt said a heavyweight title picture I mean he was a. US champion he had great a great feud with John Cena who's one of the greatest of all time you know whether you hate him or not it's just a misuse of character again and there's there's a number of guys like Lance Archer who had all this hype coming from you know cu- coming over and it's just I don't know what what they're doing it's just I, listen. I know Darby's oh Darby, but it's just not believable him beating anybody but Marcos Stunt on the roster. It's just not. I I just I'm so, It's just it makes me so frustrated. They have immense talent with Cage, who never defends the FTW title, by the way, which is like,
0: it, it's it's not uh, recognized by AEW as a defendable That's- belt.
1: That's bullshit. Then, then, don't, then don't
0: announce it. Don't make. Well, fight. yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely like uh, you know, it's like a definitely gimmicky thing. But who who knows? I I was hoping that they would make it into something because it would be cool. But yeah.
1: um, and the thing with with Miro, it'd be one thing if him and Kip were like involved in a tag team title picture. It's just nothing. But I uh. This brings me to another point on AEW. I think they should have a three-man tag title. They have so many, you know, like the Butcher and the Blade in Kingston, the Death Triangle, Best Friends in Cassidy when Best Friends is healthy, Jungle Express, uh, the Inner Circle. You know, I know they're all going to be tag teams now, but they can have three men. Uh, The Nightmare, it's just there's so many options for three men in AEW, and they have such a strong tag division that I think A three man tag title would be great.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Um, You know, all these wrestlers come from backgrounds where their promotions have, you know, three man tag titles, whether it's New Japan, Ring of Honor, you know. So uh, I definitely think I could see AEW adopting that uh, at some point. I definitely agree with you there, though.
2: And has been a topic of discussion by the way within AEW management so that is something that i know that they're looking at so i'd be i'd be excited to see it and in large part because i think as you said jared they have especially because of the pandemic you've got these promotions that have brought in so many indie wrestlers too so you know for, for AEW that they have a lot of these guys wrestling on their dark uh sort of pre-show that airs tuesdays on, on youtube um i think that when you have such a slate of wrestlers, and you have so you have so many guys to work with, that I think that doing a, a three-man tag could kind of help break things up uh, pretty pretty uh, solidly. So um, we'll we'll look we'll be on the lookout see if that happens. Um, A couple of the things i wanted to touch on from dynamite uh i'll be pretty brief on on this one just because i don't think it merits too too much conversation we're (laughs) just talking about a guy that maybe is still in his prime or coming into his prime that's being misused here's a guy that's probably past his prime that i was a huge mark and, and a fan of um that i just again i'm not sure where this angle's going you've got matt hardy of the legendary hardy boys managing private party uh this you know this stud uh young stud tag team uh coming out of brooklyn new york my hometown and um you know one of the things that you'll often see as in wrestling is one promotion taking a shot at another and of course it's invariably most of the time it's against wwe so uh hardy's working this angle where he's managing private party and he's allowing them to use third-party apps but uh charging them 30 percent on their contract as a manager (laughs) And so, obviously, the you know the third-party app permissioning—that's taking a shot at WWE with their recent policies, you know, preventing wrestlers from from being on platforms like Twitch and things of that nature. But uh, again, I just think that th- this could have been booked so much better, you know, especially you know using private party. But 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 Matt Hardy too, I just I don't. And even the few times he's been in the ring, I'm like, this guy is is past his prime. The look, you know, what his attire that he's wearing—it's not the Matt Hardy of old. Yeah. Um, the problem
1: with Matt Hardy is, is that he, they give him his own creative control. So I don't know if you remember when he was the TNA world heavyweight champion, he was known as money, Matt Hardy. And it's funny you say that. Cause I have that in my notes here. Um, I think they're going for that angle with this contract and him being greedy. I think he's trying to become Money Matt Hardy again. Not that it matters like you said cuz he's horrible.
0: I mean, uh, I I think AEW has has absolutely destroyed him, in just just uh, physically. I mean, uh, if you want to get you know if you want to get into his feud with uh, Sammy Guevara, I mean the the brutal chair shot he took to the head where he was just absolutely founting blood out of his face and then uh, the, you know, the scaffold... not
2: even walk, remember?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was horrible. And then and then the scaffold drop was, uh, you know, absolutely brutal. I mean, if if anybody remembers, it was... Uh, I mean, if Adam could remember what pay-per-view it was, or it was... uh I forgot what pay-per-view it was, but either way, it was like a false oh, kind of out, new air. It
2: was All oh, Out oh, wow, with the... Uh, oh, yeah. that's what it was, right? Oh, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, man. So, yeah, so if anybody could go check out the last All Out pay-per-view, they... Uh, had a, a brutal match where they were on top of a scaffold and Sam Guevara pushed him off. He missed the table spot and smacked his head against the concrete floor in Jaguar Stadium. And it was absolutely brutal. Like, I remember watching it live with you, Adam, and I was like, he is dead. Like, he died. Like, he's done. Like, yeah, I don't, really don't think like, his skull may be crushed on the floor right now and he couldn't even walk uh after that spot and they still had the match go on they still had him climbing scaffold like it was oh my god man like i don't know i just feel like those those two spots alone that were separated probably took you know 7 8 years off of his life maybe and definitely his career so uh yeah i got to say just put him to pasture at this point let him let him help out behind the scenes he's probably got a lot of great way to write you know he's you know he has reinvented his career, you know, more often than, you know, some others. So, you know, I'm sure he still has some value.
2: So uh, next we've got Inner Circle in the ring making their New Year's resolutions. Obviously, it's the New Year's Smash show. And so uh, making their resolutions of what they want to do going forward as a stable. Um, again, some dissension in the ranks. You've got you've got uh, competing uh, factions within the inner circle uh, to revive for the tag team belts. So Sammy Guevara
0: and Jack uh, and um, uh, Jake Hager. Sammy uh, Hager. <laughs> Sammy Hager that's right. Uh, I, I absolutely you know died when they did that.
2: Obviously, that was a, that was a Jericho uh, thing, getting that in. I'm sure oh, that he was behind yeah, that. Was you know, his, his rock and roll uh, background. But, uh, of course, Hager can only say one word, which is championships. Um, yeah! So, so Guevara <laughs> and Hager, are gonna they're going to be a tag team going for the belts. You've then got Santana and Ortiz, who are already an established tag team, but have not really been in the ring for some time. Um, so it would be good to get them back into action. And then, of course, Jericho is going to tag with... MJF, which leaves Wardlow kind of out of the mix. And again, you got a big guy that I think is primed to kind of break away and do his own thing. So uh, curious to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I think
1: I actually agree with you. I think Wardlow is going on to bigger, better things eventually after, you know, Hager just put him over. I think that they had something with Hager and Guevara as singles competitors early on. And I think they blew that as well. Uh, Guevara is like a walking joke at this point. And like you said, uh, Hager says one word on the mic. And that's why he wasn't good in WWE, because he couldn't do anything on the mic. Um, I do love the dynamic of all of them being a tag team. Um, and I do think it's going to come down to, obviously, uh, Jericho and MJF versus uh, Santana and Ortiz. And maybe this could be the way the inner circle you know, sort of breaks apart or... You know, whatever, and you know Wardlow goes on his own somehow. We'll, we'll see how we'll see how that goes, but I do I kind of like this dynamic a lot. But now the only thing I don't like is you're adding to this already crowded stacked tag team division, and we'll, we'll just see how that goes. But I'll tell you, AEW they definitely have the best tag team division there is. I I have to I I must say that.
0: Yeah, I think that was like almost the goal coming into AEW, especially with the Young Bucks being so uh, you know integral in uh, you know AEW's formation. That I think that they just wanted to dominate that that tag team division, and and like you said, like they pretty much just overpowered it. Um, it's it's almost getting to the point where it's like there's too many, and you know you're gonna have to break off into that three man tag uh, you know division. I think that'll that'll take some air out of it as uh, you know. We say in uh, you know investor land, you know, you take some air out of some some uh, all-time highs, right? So that's what we're probably seeing here. You got a you got a tag team division that's pretty much reaching its its peak, I think, because you can't really add too much more to it. So that three-man tag will take a little air out of it, and I think will level it out, and uh, you'll get something uh, really really competitive out of it, you know
2: next we've got uh hangman hangman out of page possibly uh, leaning towards joining the dark order Um, this is something that i think a lot of uh fans uh, on the wrestling scene have been uh really excited about and seeing where the storyline goes obviously we have our projections of where we think this might end up in terms of uh Feud with uh, possibly uh, with Omega for the for the title, but um, you know Dark Order is uh, kind of languishing a bit with the passing of, of Bertie Lee, and then looking for their new spiritual cult leader. So, um, on this week's this past week's episode of Dynamite they were uh pushing hangman to join and he seems to be leaning in that direction obviously we know it's coming at some point so it's kind of like delaying the inevitable but um i'm a huge hangman fan in terms of his wrestling ability he's got the look um as uh, my fellow mark here matt said i think he's tailor-made for wwe in terms of his look but um yeah i'm curious to hear what you guys think i'm, I'm really high on him though
1: i uh i think uh you're 100 percent right tailored for wwe he's got the look and i think his mic skills are okay and he has the the abilities there on the mic um i i certainly hope what you said adam you know comes to fruition i would love to see him as the leader of the dark order and you know challenging omega for the title um i i would love to see that and i would love to see him as champion one day i know it probably won't be now but i think the guy has more talent than most in that locker room um i do think he'll be in wwe one day and i do think they'll do the right thing with him he is he caught my eye from day one i really didn't know too much about him um before aew and as matt knows i'm very very critical of anything non-wwe and for someone like him to catch my eye right away i just think he's uh he's gonna be really good uh, i'd love to hear what you
2: have to say matt yeah yeah go ahead adam go ahead well, I was just going to add, and maybe, Matt, you could chime in on this, too. Mm-hmm. I think that the drinking gimmick, which has been used in wrestling before, I mean, they had Scott Paul in WCW. Uh, actually, I think it was in WWF, excuse me, when he he had already been dealing with, with alcohol issues. But they, uh, sorry, no, it wasn't WCW. That's right. Uh, Bischoff actually had him play that on air, and it was sort of art imitating life, imitating art. I think that, um, I mean, that's it's it's such, in 2021, maybe it's more of a touchy subject. So I wonder how they're going to continue booking that with him always having a drink in his hand and kind of stumbling around. I mean, again, talking about misuse of talent, you've got a guy that's great in the ring, and here you've got him. You know, kind of all over
0: the place and, and, and uh, drinking too much. So, I um, mean, uh, I it, it goes back to the attitude I ever feel of watching Stone Cold smash beers every, you know, Monday on Raw and just dumping beer all over himself. And then, you know, you still have, uh, you know, Le Champion with his champagne. And uh, I, I, I just think it's um part of, you know, wrestling, just, you know, like their style of saying, you know, we're not here for the children aspect of of it and you know if you're a parent and which you know i know both of you are not yet but i am and uh i could just speak on behalf of that like if you're gonna put your kid in front of a tv and let them watch it then you better uh, you know be sure that your kid is is mature enough and you know as a mark like we are like we understand what's gonna be on the television right it's not like we're like oh it's wrestling you know like I haven't watched wrestling in 40 years. Let's, you know, let's sit in front of, you know, let's sit little Johnny in front of the TV and let him watch wrestling for a little bit. And he's four years old and he sees a bunch of, you know, you know, thongs and, and, and alcohol and, and, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, you know, maybe you won't let him watch it again, but you know, people like us, you know, you have to understand that. I just think it's, it's, it's that time and age, you know, marijuana has become illegal and, and, you know, in America, there's, you know, alcohol is obviously just, you know, been around for, you know, decades and decades and decades. And I just, I just think it's just, uh, you know, the image of wrestling just becoming more and more, you know, adulterated, you know.
1: I, I agree, Matt. I think that there's there's not really a negative stigma attached to drinking, even though people do have problems. But people have problems with anything, you know, there are addictive people out there. But anyway, I don't think there's a negative you know stigma attached to the drinking. I think I think when people think Stone Cold, they think beer and middle fingers. Um, mm-hmm. And if besides kids, any adult wrestling fan, any questioning mark out there, any mark whatever, they know these most of these wrestlers do drink in real life. So <laughs>
0: it's just. I, I, I listen, mean, we could do a I whole mean, episode on, on 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 the use of painkillers well, and drugs well, and well, and well, and uh, um, you know wrestlers well, cheating do, on their wives I and agree. Ric Flair I, I and. <laughs> <laughs> i do agree with adam Woo! though that
1: uh, hangman's character is a bit all over the place yeah,
0: yeah. i mean uh, i i i've been following hangman for quite a while in regards to being a new japan mark for uh you know a while and and ring of honor as well and his character is has has been top notch since like the go, and he was um you know I think, you know, he was a Ring of Honor Rookie of the Year wrestler as soon as he came out. Um, he, you know, took over New Japan in terms of his style of wrestling. was always promoted very well there. Uh, Bullet Club guy, you know, which I, I know we're going to have a lot uh, to talk about regarding that. But, yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, if, if they give him the push too early right now and they say that, you know, he becomes a Dark Order member and by the next pay-per-view he's already going up against Omega. Uh, we can pretty much guarantee that that belt, uh, you know, doesn't change hands. I'd say so.
2: And for those of you looking for our hot takes on, uh, Omega and the implications for, uh, impact and with impact, stay tuned. We've got that coming up a little bit later in the show. Um, because I want to, um, turn to, even though that was, uh, next in the order of the Dynamite show, <clears throat> want to come back to that in terms of the connection, uh, because there's a couple more things we want to talk about from the Dynamite show, um, our, our women's segments, um you know uh got gotta gotta talk about the fact that britt baker's waiting room uh segment which has traditionally been on aw dark finally got its uh, debut on the dynamite show and what that a debut cody. it was and what a debut it was indeed yeah you've got cody coming out I, I feel like every time he's out there and there's some sort of a heel appearance he just he's always interrupted or sometimes even before he even starts speaking i mean it's just I remember, uh, you know, when when Jake Roberts first debuted, it was the same kind of thing. But in this case, we've got Jake Cargill who's been going after Cody's wife um, for some time. And so she she's a monster. She is a beast for sure, uh, and she slapped Cody, uh, which of course led to a brawl when uh, fellow uh, female wrestler Red Velvet comes out, which is, I think, was about like a quarter of a size of Jake Cargill. <laughs> and,
0: uh, got to yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, she. she yeah, I mean. I, I know she's rolling hard with Shaq, man, but like is she is she an offspring of shaq? is is she like <laughs> I, don't, I mean, is she she she's an absolute beast, man. I mean, she if like she could definitely beat the shit out of Jared. I mean Jared's a big guy. I don't, I don't know if anybody know like Jared Jared's a big guy, man. and 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 uh, you know, I've seen him. I've seen him at plenty of Jets tailgates over the past 12 years. And, uh, you know, and I, I've, I've definitely seen him get in Brock Lesnar mode before. So uh, for me to say that a woman can beat the shit out of Jared, I'm fully like, it, it is wild, man. Like, I can't wait to see this this uh, girl, you know, like throw it down. She so.
2: is getting uh, wrestling training, apparently. So i just waiting to see when she's actually going to make her in-ring uh, debut. They may um,
0: throw her into the men's heavyweight division instantly. Yeah.
1: She's the closest thing to China I've ever seen.
0: Oh, my God. She, she would fuck China up.
1: Okay. my question is, can she dunk a basketball?
0: Ah, man. Yeah. Ah, man. Yeah, she, she's a fucking specimen, for sure.
2: So, after all that we then had uh in singles competition women's singles competition uh, perhaps i was actually and i'm surprised to say but one of the more in terms of technical wrestling highlights of the program is, is serena Deeb, who of course wrestled in wwe was part of the straight edge society with cm punk about 10 years ago kind of languished around on the indie scene ended up becoming a wwe trainer at their performance center so someone that that is legit in the ring And the current NWA champion, of course, we've got that cross promotion there for the the NWA women's title, she went up against Ty Conti, who some of you marks might remember from NXT, um, and and is now crossed over into AEW. again, someone that does have somewhat of a legit background being a blue belt in Brazilian Jitsu, and, uh, you know, pretty nimble in the ring. I thought this was all in all a pretty good match. Um, again, I think it's kind of a sad commentary when Serena Deeb is one of the highlights of, of uh, in terms of the wrestling acumen, which is nothing to take away from her. I mean, I think that she's, you know, she's great and, and, and very well experienced, but, um, it just shows you that the men have to step it up if the women are the ones killing it in the ring.
1: I just want to uh, touch on that real quick. Um, I do think that it's, it is a problem when she's, you know, has the best match of the night or she's the best that they, you know, they could offer right now their, their women's division needs some serious, serious, serious help and like serious help. I think
0: they're not even close to impact. Knocking. Well, not uh, you know, WWE is helping them by by giving people like Ty Conti over to uh, AEW just because I I was thoroughly impressed with the way she wrestled in the ring. And I I'm thought sure her so kicks, you know, her her strong style wrestling, the, her her Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and and I you know obviously we all have to say you know like her 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 ring attire was. Uh, very, very attitude era esque. So, uh, I, was I, gonna I, say, very, I, very, very WWE like. Yes, it was, it was a welcomed, like uh, like site. But either way, I, I don't want to pr- i listen. She's a, you know, she's a good looking girl. But, you know, what are you going to do? But, uh, like all, she, like we've all talked about,
1: um, the, all they need, all they need, is a few defectors from WWE, and the women's division becomes like legit. I'm sure they'll get someone like Selena Vega, and th- that's all they need. I, I, a couple of those,
0: and I think, I think we're in business. What's the name? Star Starlander is uh, wait, what's her name? Starlander Statlander.
2: Statlander. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, but she was a good wrestler too. But you know, apparently, you know, sadly, she tore her ACL. So, you know.
2: So we'll, we'll, we'll continue to keep an eye on a women's division. But See, thank you, for WWE, just, for uh, Ty
0: Conti. Thank you yeah. very much.
2: Yeah. Uh, last two matches uh, of the night, before we turn back to Omega and talk about the implications uh, with, with, uh, for Impact. FTR versus uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. I'm going to be real brief here. Uh, again, talking about misuse of talent. FTR coming in uh, hot to AEW is probably one of the best tag teams in the world. And then to be uh, thrown in, uh, you know, they've won the belt tag tag belts then of course lost them at full gear this past november to the young bucks and here they are now in a feud with uh jurassic express and more specifically with the i don't know how tall he is but i'm going to say three foot two <laughs> i'm kidding uh marco stunt <laughs> um, who you know does display some athleticism in the ring but again i just i think about like you know where is this going you've got i mean ftr against jungle boy and marco Stun, i mean Jungle Boy, I think, should move on as a singles competitor. Of course, the, the son of uh, of uh, Jack Perry and, uh, you know, uh, great talent, I think, in the ring. I could see him, you know, doing something uh, as a singles competitor. This match, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get why this shouldn't have been a squash match.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, boggles your mind that where FTR was. Uh, just like a month ago, you know, not even to now, you know, <laughs> in a match with uh, Marco Stunt. But you know, uh, like you said, Adam, there's 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 wrestling value there in what he does. It's it's more in a three man tag uh, setting, I, I would say, because uh, Luchasaurus is such a gigantic wrestler that I feel like when they just throw Marco around the ring and they use him in that sense, it's like kind of comical and and funny and anime and. And uh, I see that being, like, a fun three-man tag to watch. But when it comes to just having him in the ring with, paired up with, uh, you know, Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus, it's just not uh, something I, I like. I absolutely love, though, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy as a tag team. I do think that Jungle Boy hitting the singles division would be great for sure as well. So I'm, I'm kind of just, like, on the fence on both outsides. Like, I'll take both of them. I have to say though that Jungle Boy's finisher with Luchasaurus that that flip powerbomb that they do with the guy, I can't even explain it on uh through through talking because you have to like see what this finisher is. I think it is by far the coolest, the best tag team finisher in the history of wrestling and that's just all I have to say. So you better go check it out.
1: Just quickly um <sighs> I think the problem with FTR right now is that they're stuck in a tag division with all these super athletic, high flying tag teams, and they're just old school like Steiner brother tag teams, and I I, I don't even know what the, I don't know what's gonna be with them. I they didn't have a proper run as champions because you know, alluding to what Matt said earlier, guys like the Bucks and Cody and Omega, you know the. Almost the founders of AEW, they want to be champions. You know, they weren't champions to start this. You know, to start the company, and they went uh, a long period without becoming, you know, a champion. So I do think that FTR is in no man's land.
2: Well, we'll see where this goes, and you know, you know, things can always take an upward turn. So uh, there are some up and coming great tag teams uh, or budding tag teams like the acclaimed, um, which hopefully we'll talk about more in future episodes, uh, that have made their appearances on AEW dark and are starting to get some more traction on on the main show on dynamite. So there are some, some, some tag teams in the pipeline that I think it will be interesting to see them work with. So we'll, we'll stay tuned, uh, see where that goes. Last match of the night, before we turn back to Omega, was our TNT Championship title match between Brian Cage, the uh, self-proclaimed so FTW champion, and Darby Allen, the current TNT champion. Um, obviously, again, this taking away from Brian Cage's cachet to lose to a, a guy that's about 100, 100-plus 100 pounds his junior in Darby Allen. but you, kn- you all knew it was going to happen, and you all knew who was going to come out and say actually nothing once again, but <laughs> although this time he did make some contact, you know, using, using a baseball <laughs> reference, he did make some some baseball contact using his bat. Sting with the bat. It's Sting! It's Sting, yep. Shivani went nuts again, and the snow came out, and, uh... I'll be honest that someone, I mean, if you're a mark, you always kind of mark out when someone comes out uh, that you're really excited about. But at this point, doing it four or five times in a row without having anything developed afterwards, it's just pointless. Um, match itself, and I think Matt could speak to this, was 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 great. Um, you know, uh, Darby did the coffin drop off the top rope to the table, um, you know, he was getting beat up and just destroyed for much of the match and then got his comeuppance towards the end, which is kind of how you traditionally would book that heel babyface match. So I think stylistically it worked out, which I didn't initially expect again, because of the size difference. Um, And one other thing I'll say, and this is, I think it's a minor point, but for those of you that are interested in that kind of technical aspect of wrestling, Darby did a couple of heel things in the match, you know, the biting. He was biting brian cage using the belt as a weapon those are things you don't often see uh could be wrong but i I don't often think you see a face a baby face use uh, those methods so um it's you know that dynamic was interesting so all in all a good match but again the ending with sting i mean maybe we're making progress because he's using the bat maybe he'll actually start using his mouth and speak (laughs) next time we'll we'll have to wait and see but um yep
1: i uh i think like you said, Adam, You know, usually you get excited when you're an old-school fan like us when someone like that comes out. But to me, this has like the Goldberg feel now at this point. He's just so old, and these guys are so washed. He doesn't talk. I know he's going to hit you with the bat eventually. Um, I don't know. It's just And like I said earlier and I said last week, the fact that Darby, it's just not believable he could beat anybody except Marco Stone on the roster, and let alone Cage i don't like darby i don't think i just don't think his character's good and i think there's a zillion guys on the list who should be a champion over him Uh, i'm not going to go through that list but now what's going to be him versus sting like his pro like his idol or whatever i don't know is sting going to be the tnt champion because if that happens i'm i'll really get wild but matt i'd love love to hear your uh your thoughts on sting and darby and whatnot
0: yeah i mean uh I I have to agree with you guys, it's just a stale, you know, feel right now of, you know, that legend that just comes out over and over again, not saying anything. It's got that Goldberg feel already to it, where I'm tired of seeing him coming out and challenging someone like McIntyre for the belt for absolutely no, you know, reason at all. Uh so, you know, I, I, I you know, when, when he comes out now, yeah, the little mark in me is like, Oh, cool it's thing, but it lasts for literally like one second, and then I'm like, What the fuck is going on? So uh it's just something that uh I just you know hopefully at some point they tie in you know what I was thinking I don't know why is like Darby will beat Sting and obtain his face paint <laughs> or something and paint his other side of the face with stings I have no idea um but I do have to say, my my holy shit moment of the week was definitely that gorilla p- press slam from uh, Cage to the outside of the ring when and Darby went right through the table. <laughs> I was like, wow, uh, that was pretty brutal. Um, it brought me back to almost like those uh, Mike Awesome and Tanaka matches back in ECW, where they would just like every other match, one of them would just power bomb the other from the inside of the ring straight to the uh, concrete floor, thus you know pretty much tearing neck ligaments and and shoulder injuries uh, galore you know so that's where i see darby and i um, unfortunately i see darby's career not lasting too long because of the way his style is um i do want to just tie in really quickly i know i don't know if anybody was able to check out one, one of my uh, top wrestlers uh, ever that i think is out there right now will osprey he um, him and Jimmy Havoc back in Progress Wrestling have had some brutal matches, uh, and you could look back at the death matches they've had, and uh, people have had to come out and say, you know, Will Osprey, you know, you're so talented that you have to pretty much change the style of matches you're having to let your career go a little bit longer than what you are doing because you're starting to develop a gimmick, right? Of where that's just the style of wrestler you're going to be, and no one else wants to expect anything else, right? So I'm starting to expect now when Darby Allen steps in the ring, I almost am not going to be entertained if he's not diving off of, you know, a crazy spot or going through some brutal table spot or anything like that. You know, Uh, so unfortunately, if he doesn't switch up his gimmick a little bit, I don't see his career lasting too much longer in regards to being able to keep up with those spots because he'll be limping in, you know, five, six years and you know, God forbid, you know, be, you know, seriously, seriously injured, you know.
2: So message to Darby, take care of your health, otherwise Matt's coming for you, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge mark for the hardcore wrestling, like I said, I'm a huge McFoley fan, I find it hugely entertaining uh, to watch those style of matches, but, you know, as you get older, um, you start to realize also, like, I'd never thought about the shortening of careers when these guys were wrestling, you know, when I was younger, and, stuff like that but you know obviously you know for the smart mark in me uh I want to say take care of yourself but for the entertainment mark in me yeah keep it up man you know hopefully you can do that for the rest of your career and you know keep us all entertained but at the same time I I, I I fully understand if uh those bumps start happening less and less and you do more technical stuff in the ring or you know change your style up that way as as Will Osprey did uh where he's at the top of his game for sure in uh, New Japan and and uh you know so that's that's just where i'm at with the darby situation that's it's unfortunate that cage is stuck in in his situation right now but although i, I think ftw i think that whole entire crew over there is going to be just fine um i i absolutely love their gimmick i love their style i love taz like i said i think taz is like AEW's hayman right now in regards to just putting guys over he's not hayman obviously but I think he's just uh, great on the mic. I'm glad, like I said last week, they let the reins loose with Taz, and uh, the way he talks on the mic and he gets guys over, uh, it makes his faction really believable. Even though week in a week out they begin like their ass busted. So
2: best best stable in AEW by far. Hundred percent, yeah. So now, so now we turn to Omega and uh, the match on Dynamite, which I uh, think leads us also into. Uh, Jared updating us on what happened at Hard to Kill uh, Impact's pay-per-view this past week. So Omega um, surprised the Young Bucks and didn't select them as tag partners in his Dynamite match against uh, the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight. He ended up going with the Good Brothers who have now appeared a couple of times on Dynamite uh, television, uh, sorry, excuse me, AEW television. And, um, you know, uh, again, you know, Thinking about this match, and I'm, uh, I'm thinking to myself, who's Danny Limelight? I mean, you'd have to watch AEW Dark to know who he is. Varsity blondes you've got Brian Pillman Jr. of course, the son of Brian Pillman, so there's some credibility there. Uh, Griff Garrison's got the the build and the, and uh, but in terms of the look, you know, a little bit kind of sloppy, I, I guess a little green, I guess you'd say in the ring. So in terms of their, their opponents, um, obviously it was a match that, you know, almost in a sense, you could say it's kind of like a squash match, but, um, uh, you know, I just Omega and, and, and in this sort of heel role, uh, being the, um, AEW, uh, world heavyweight champion. Um, and then of course made an appearance again on impact. So, uh, I'm going to turn things over to Jared to talk more about that.
1: I, uh, thanks. Thanks, Adam. I, uh, I just want to say one thing. I think Don Callis has been great. I think he's awesome on the mic. I think it's just been awesome, and I'm thoroughly enjoying him on Impact. I don't even want to say that, but I'm thoroughly enjoying mm-hmm. him on Impact and AEW. Um, last night was hard to kill. The well, first of all, let's rewind for a second. I just want to mention that I loved the segment with Callis when. Omega asked the Bucs, should we come out as the elite us three? It's been a while. And Callis said, no, you guys deserve your own entrances. And then he calls out the Good Brothers. I thought that was just so great. I was laughing my ass off. Um, Last night, it was Moose, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns, and Rich Swan versus Omega and the Good Brothers. And obviously, we all know Omega's not going to impact to lose. No one of his caliber would would go there to lose. Brian Myers hasn't even lost a match there. So long story short, he comes out with the Bullet Club shirt. So as we all know, in this wonderful country of America, you got to have the copyright. You got to have this. You got to have that. So one would assume, as Matt's been talking about for, I don't even know, I, I months, maybe years now, that, that there's got to be some sort of agreement in the works or done deal already because he wasn't coming out with that bullet club shirt unless new Japan signed off on that. Um, I think it's kind of cool. I think that it adds the little something to impact and I, I'll give AEW credit helping out another company. WWE would never do that. Vince would never do that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I give Tony Khan credit for, you know, trying to help impact, uh, Matt Cardona debuting in Impact last night, you know, another guy that we could talk about who they could have made something of, could have been in a TNT title picture, could have, you know, done something, but he hasn't been on AEW in, in in weeks. But um I just feel like a lot of these WWE guys aren't, you know, doing well over in Impact and AEW. I just don't know for what reason they they need guys like this, you know, guys who are mid-carders or jobbers even in WWE to come in and maybe lift the show or hold the show. I mean, just look at Eric Young. He's great on Impact. He's absolutely great. He was a nobody. I'm sure there are WWE fans that don't even know who he was in WWE. I mean, and the guy, I think his character's great. He has a nice little trio there with Joe Doering and uh, Cody Deaner, And it's a decent little storyline for what Impact is. And... I just think both these companies can use, you know, the WWE castoffs in a, in a in a much better way.
2: To your point, Jared, when Eric Young was and and for those of you that are not only Impact marks but gone even further back, TNA marks when they were when they were TNA wrestling, Eric Young was kind of your comedic uh, segment on the program. He did did a number of comedic angles, but also was a good worker that could put other talent over, which is a, I think a lost art in this in this industry the fact that when he was uh assigned to wwe towards the tail end of his wwe run and this is something we've seen quite often with wwe you have guys that are under contract that haven't made a television appearance in months sometimes even years and that was his frustration if you've heard him talk about in some podcast interviews um again uh, to your point jared i like the fact that they're at least giving these guys airtime and giving them an opportunity to shine in other in other promotions
1: Yeah. Other other than that, uh, I I really don't want to talk too much about Hard to Kill. There's obviously it's it's not it's not easy to watch Impact, and the only reason I started watching Impact is to see guys like Brian Myers and Heath Slater, the Good Brothers. I mean, um, you guys know I'm a hardcore WWE fan, and I just thought guys like that would would make a big difference. Obviously, I think Brian Myers is eventually going to be the Impact Champion. He's going to beat Rich Swan, but I don't know. It just is what it is at this point. They haven't really helped the company as much as like guys like Eric Young has. And I don't know, Omega and the good brothers are definitely a good act though. You know, getting the band back together. Uh, I'd love to see where it goes from here. If new Japan gets in the mix, maybe they have like, you know, maybe Tomatonga and his crew, you know, it becomes like a wolf pack, uh, old school NWO type of thing, you know, with both bullet clubs, but, I guess we'll, I guess we'll have to see the options are endless. And I, I I do hope that the partnership comes to fruition because, uh, I think all these companies definitely need a little boost
2: one thing which uh, on impact just one more point i want to make and this might have been lost on people again uh, you know before when i was talking about the darby allen brian cage match and some of the finer points that get missed i think commentary is something people don't always you know we're thinking about the superstars that you're seeing in the ring but commentary definitely plays a significant role and, and uh no pun intended makes a big impact on the show <laughs> the fact that impact changed their commentary team to Matt Stryker and Lo Brown and for those of you that, that know Matt Stryker from his teacher gimmick in WWE he was actually a school teacher um I don't know how you guys feel but I personally and it kind of relates to the name of our show you know Matt Stryker caught a lot of heat on commentary in WWE when he at the Royal Rumble many years ago said I'm marking out this is a marked out moment bro and the fact that he shows that energy and I think is pretty succinct on the mic uh as com- uh, um doing play by play, the, you know, that, that they've switched to this commentary team and moved away from Josh Matthews and Madison rain. I think that's going to add to elevating some of the talent in the ring with impact. So I'm really happy that got this opportunity. I totally agree. Adam.
1: The only thing I could say is, and this just goes to how bad of a company they are. You make this move right before the biggest pay-per-view in your company's history and impacts history, not TNA's history, but you make this questionable, maybe a move that could not work out for you right before a pay-per-view that omega is going to be on i mean that's my issue i agree it's a good combination but it's just like they don't know what the hell they're doing
0: (laughs) all right well with that being said uh, we're gonna we're gonna break off uh you know into the independent scene you know thank you adam for you know thoroughly breaking down AEW for us you know we have a lot to talk about with AEW all the time because uh, you know, we watch it weekly together and Jared watches it as well. Um, so it's just uh, it's, you know, it's it's cool that we've been, you know, seeing AEW evolve from, you know, from its get go. And, you know, to bring up the point about guys like Cardona and, and Myers, uh, I, I I follow them, too, on their major wrestling figure podcast because I'm, I'm a mark for collecting wrestling figures. So um, I, I always uh, like to see them do well in the ring, even though Myers is, is well known for, for his like in a, his, his incredible losing streak in wwe i think that's what he was like famous for uh, although the wrestlemania that jared and i went to we did see them take the tag team uh championships together at, at a wrestlemania so uh that is pretty everybody cool. everybody was happy for them too there you know yeah, I thought that they were going to get a good run, but they pretty much lost the belts like instantly. So, uh... you know, they're they're tra- they're what we call transition champions. Yeah, yeah, they were just like a palate cleanser. It's like almost like FTR was yeah. almost. It's like the piece you. of ginger you eat in between different pieces of sushi. It's like the, it's uh, a. <laughs> you know, so, I, I you know that's just what. Uh, I guess they are. Hopefully, they'll you know revitalize their careers. I thought I thought Cardona looked jacked as hell in AEW when he made his debut, so I thought he was going to stick around. Um, I know he's got close ties with Cody. Um, who knows? I know Brian Myers is is like his best friend, so maybe uh, his 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 whole thing was trying to get over to TNA, you know, and his uh, his wife Chelsea Green in uh with NXT, but I don't know. She keeps breaking her wrist and getting injured, so I don't know what's up with her. <laughs> but uh, anyway we will break off into everyone's favorite segment, the independent wrestling scene, all right? But uh, we are, uh, I don't know, maybe next week we'll start off with the independent wrestling scene maybe because we'll see if, uh, you know, we'll switch it up a little bit. But what we are going to do right now is uh, I want to just jump right into Ring of Honor. Don't have much to really say regarding what's going on in the in the wrestling scene there per se, but uh pretty cool to know that uh Roosh, who is the Ring of Honor world champion right now, he was actually being uh coveted by WWE recently in regards to trying to get him to sign over there. Uh so it's pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the deal did not work out. Not obviously, but, uh, you know, you don't see him wrestling in WWE. Um, Rush is also represented by AAA, uh, which is an uh, awesome federation out in Mexico. Uh, he is the leader of Los Ingobernables, and uh, they tie into the uh, New Japan uh, stable as well but uh just to let you know uh he was asking for way too much money i guess and he is not going to be uh signing with wwe which is leading everybody to believe that he is staying with ring of honor which is great because i think ring of honor would be losing an amazing wrestler if they were to let him go uh just to also say for all you uh independent marks out there like i am Ring of Honor Wrestling is hosting their Ring of Honor Wrestling Awards for the year of uh, 2020. Uh, What I would do if I was you is go check it out right on ringofhonorwrestling.com. You could see a list of all the Ring of Honor's uh, best matches of the year. Uh, You could try to find them on YouTube. I know that if you want, Ring of Honor has their own platform as well. Uh, that you could subscribe to online and get their whole entire catalog, which I highly suggest you do because it is absolutely amazing. If you want to go see guys like Seth Rollins come up in the game, if you want to guys see you know see guys like Kevin Owens come up in the game, you want to see guys like Daniel Bryan coming up in the game. Uh, these are the federations to check out, right? Ring of Honor being the the best one. You get to check out their entire catalog. You see guys like Adam Cole come up. Uh, so it's, 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 it's really awesome. And that's why I also just want to suggest that there to uh, everybody who wants to try to get into the independent scene, you get to see all these guys before they become what they are in WWE, what they become in AEW, uh, and even in New Japan. Um, so it is really cool, you know. So I just want to say that. Uh, I think that the best match of the year, Brody King versus Roosh in Ring of Honor, uh was absolutely amazing i think it was on december 18th at final battle uh one of the best matches of the year i want to say for ring of honor their holy shit moment of the year i want to say i'm going to vote for flip gordon being uh coming in masqueraded as dragon lee in the battle royale at free enterprise he ended up winning it unmasking himself as flip gordon um like i always said flip gordon is one of the Best wrestlers, I think, out there as well. Highly suggest you just go on YouTube and check them out. I think you could probably see a match with him and Will Ospreay from New Japan. Highly suggest you go check it out, man. Like, absolute five-star match. Uh, so that's pretty much what's going on in Ring of Honor right now. You know, I want to say you should check out their weekly shows on Fight TV, F-I-T. Uh, that app host their Ring of Honor show for free weekly. Uh, So you have no excuses out there if you want to go watch it, right, guys? So just go out there and check it out. Obviously, the pay-per-views cost money, but if you subscribe to their uh, network on ringofhonorwrestling.com, then you can get those pay-per-views for free, all right? Uh, Now bringing us into New Japan, their New Japan Cup has uh, begun. It's an awesome tournament that uh, I believe EVIL won last year uh it is showcases all the greatest singles wrestlers uh in in new japan uh so i definitely suggest that if you can go check it out i think the only way you can is really by subscribing to new japan world i think it's around eight dollars a month uh something that you could check out if you want really 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 good news though for those marks out there that want to see it on an american television uh within the coming days i think you should be Getting some news about New Japan signing a lucrative TV deal out here in America to showcase their NJPW Strong series, which is right now only broadcasted on the New Japan World website, but they are in talks with uh, supposedly a major, major television company to start broadcasting that TV show out here, which would be very cool. And just to you know, remind everybody, John Moxley is the US champion for New Japan Wrestling, so uh, the same way that Chris Jericho and Omega that match, you know, three years ago. So it got me kind of in- involved in watching uh, New Japan. Uh, it could be the same segue for a lot of you out there that, you know, are big John Moxley fans, Dean Ambrose fans, even whatever, uh, to start watching this promotion because he will most likely be defending his U.S. title at New Japan uh, strong or whatever the American series is going to be called i'm very excited uh they used to showcase their their american show on axs uh up until last year but that tv deal is not in the works anymore and it's speculation that it's going to be on a even uh larger network uh i also just want to say you know tying in new japan nakamura right seems like uh you know you know jared was like talking about a lot of wwe earlier, uh wwe earlier Nakamura seems like he's going to be pressed up to go against uh, Roman Reigns at the Rumble. Uh, so hopefully that goes down. Uh, it looks like he's getting a lot of more TV time in, in uh, WWE.
1: That'll be his second uh, big run for Nakamura here in uh, in the states. You know, he uh, obviously was much bigger in uh, New Japan, but listen, for a guy who has no mic skills, he's had. You know, this will be his second significant run. So mm-hmm. that shows you his you know, what Matt always talks about and Adam always talks about how, you know, someone like him, his in ring is enough to make him, you know, worthy of a, of a title shot at a cornerstone pay-per-view, you know,
2: so. To your point, Matt, in terms of the indie scene, I think one of the challenges as a booker or as a promoter is how you educate your fans about uh, a wrestler's background coming in from the indies and what they, you know, how they've developed over time, because, Especially in WWE, uh, you know, people are, are, are really just centered on what are you doing in that moment? And even WWE themselves as a company, very rarely, I mean, they went out of their way with, you know, when, when uh, Brodie Lee passed away to even, you know, reference the name. I mean, that, that, was, that was significant. But I think that it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge, but I think it's important to educate your Like, for instance, you know, you, you, you talked about Kevin Owens. Uh, we've touched on Seth Rollins before on this program. Both of those guys came from Ring of Honor and and, and had different names, you know. Um, I think if you if you want to see their development, definitely go back um, and take a look. Uh, yeah. you know. CM Punk, <laughs> and, another one. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: CM Punk, another guy that came C. up to Ring of Honor. CM Punk, another guy. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Yep. So all these guys that you're seeing on TV today, just know that, uh, and it also adds that level of humility too to know where where you come from, where you've come from is going to help power where you're going um, as a performer. So.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, an, an, another great promotion that I want to bring up. And I know one of our listeners, uh, Jacob out there would be happy that I'm bringing this up, but, uh, MLW is host a, uh, wednesday show on youtube known as fusion and just if you want to check out there is a world championship match going on against jacob fatu and ach Uh, ach i think being one of the also one of the better in-ring wrestlers around right now i've seen him come through uh, new japan quite a few times and absolutely blows my mind away every time he's in the juniors uh tournament cup so i highly suggest if you're free this wednesday you could check it out if not you know you could obviously just go on youtube and watch it at your free uh leisure, which is also very cool that MLW does this. Matt, didn't uh didn't Brian Pillman Jr. come from L- MLW? Yes, absolutely. Brian Pillman Jr. was uh part of like the Hart Foundation over at MLW with Teddy oh, with Hart. Teddy Hart, right, yeah. yeah. And yeah, James, uh British Bulldogs my, uh kid of, as well. One
2: of my buddies who listens to uh the
1: show, James. He, oh, James, uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh he got me into MLW a little bit. I've I i i have tuned in here and there like you said, Teddy Hart, who's an, a complete nut, Brian yeah, Pillman, who too. you know, you know, I just took a liking to it based on you know Flying Brian, and mm-hmm. it, you know, and the British Bulldog son, um, who who had his run in WWE, also uh, just didn't work out for him. But yeah. uh, it's definitely nice to turn on a indie promotion. And as a WWE fan, you know, re- be able to recognize a couple names. It just makes the transition a little easier.
0: Yes, it absolutely does. And I, you know, my buddy Jake uh, watches a lot. I know your buddy James watches a lot. Uh, you know, so it's 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 definitely cool uh, to know that. You know, still, you know, we have friends of ours as well that are wrestling marks that are that that are deep into the independent scene as well. And you know, we hope to have some of these. Uh, you know friends of ours on and you know at times here and there to you know discuss some of these awesome things that are going on so uh, I also want to just discuss one other thing I, I, I want to uh, You know pinpoint one wrestler from ring of honor that I want to uh, you know showcase I was thinking like maybe weekly doing something where I just showcase one independent wrestler that I think everybody should uh, Absolutely check out um, One of these wrestlers his name is PCO I'm not too sure if anybody uh, remembers the name Pierre Carr. Outlet. Uh, does anybody does that ring a bell to any of my fellow marks in this right now?
1: The Mounties. Yes, I, I mean, I was there with you at uh, a yeah. G1 Supercard when uh, you're like, Oh, he was the, he was in the Mounties, he was in the Mounties, yeah, so yeah, the I, yeah. I follow him on social media now, and yeah. I can appreciate how he actually, you know reinvented himself on the indies and like i said it was a perfect time for you to bring that up after i just said it's mm-hmm. nice to know you see a guy that you remember from wwe or an AEW at this point and you see them it makes watching a little easier and brings you back to the old times so. yeah
0: i mean i just want to you know bring it up uh, just and you know you know just say if you guys want to go on a youtube little binge here type in pco ring of honor he's he's uh Pretty, it's a pretty amazing story. You know, he was a you know part of the Quebecers, the you know the Mounties, in uh, in WWE he was part of a three-time tag team champion out over there. Um, you know, fell off for a while. Went into the I think he returned to the WWF in like 1999, 2000, around there. Uh, he also uh, wrestled in I think WCW for a little bit. I think he had a stint in NWA. But his major, major thing right now is his, his was was when he returned back to the independency. Now this guy's in in his fifties, right? He was wrestling when, uh, you know, I was like in elementary school, pretty much uh, for WWE. And to see a guy in his fifties come back to the scene, it was it was pretty cool. Um, Game changer wrestling hosts uh, something called Joey Janela's Spring Break. You know, and those of you that watch AEW, Joey Janela is a uh, decent part of the AEW roster he's a pretty much a wild boy he uh you know does a lot of really cool wrestling uh stunts out there
2: bad boy. yeah the
0: bad boy <laughs> so uh you know he has a, a, a pay-per-view for game changer wrestling called joey janela's spring break he actually went up uh pcl went up against walter and if anybody knows who walter is He is one of the independent scene's uh, biggest wrestlers. NXT uh, UK uh, has has promoted him quite a bit. He is a monster in the ring. Uh, You could find this match on YouTube. I highly suggest anybody out there goes and watches it. It is brutal, bro. And we want to talk about the chops. These chops that these guys laid on each other, it was (laughs) the the craziest stuff I've... uh, probably ever seen and I don't want to give away who won the match but let's just say after that match uh PCO began getting uh very highly uh booked independent wrestling matches and Ring of Honor eventually scooped him up uh and another guy I don't know what his deal is I mean his gimmick is is a, is a is a like a French Frankenstein but uh he takes some of the most brutal bumps I've ever seen a guy take. And he is like in his mid fifties. I the the like if you go on Ring of Honor and and, and you could find it on YouTube, uh, he has some bumps that he jumps from the top rope onto the side apron and just lands straight on his back, and it's just uh, it's it's brutal. And I, Jared and I got to see it live too, and it doesn't doesn't make it any less uh, you know, bad because you're in a different angle. It was he's, he takes some brutal bumps. This guy, um, he was a former Ring of Honor champion, uh, so. And he's still wrestling. So I highly suggest if you guys are out there, that's my independent wrestling, you know, highlight spot of the week in terms of wrestlers that you should check out. So uh, with that being said, you know, uh, we have another jam-packed week of wrestling coming up for us. Uh, You know, the Royal Rumble's coming up in a few weeks, so we have a lot to uh, discuss leading up to that. AEW next week, I think we have a big show coming up in regards to Hangman Page making his decision after the match you know, if he's going to join the dark order or not. Um,
2: you know, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> so we have a lot of speculation going on there in terms of what's going on. And uh, you know, with that being said, we're going to close out our uh, second episode here. Remember you could email us at the marks at gmail.com. Send us your questions, send us your comments, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube also at the questioning marks Uh, that's where we're going to be posting most of our videos and using that as a platform to showcase our podcast. So usually, you know, Sunday afternoon, you'll, you know, the podcast will pop up. So, uh, definitely check it out. Give us a like subscribe and, uh, you know, just, uh, keep on marking out guys. That's what we do, right? Don't be ashamed that you're a mark. Be proud.
1: Thanks for joining us guys. Uh, we appreciate it as always. And, uh, Wrestling week.
2: Thank you.